Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This is a Bright Bit Evening News with your hosts, Bill and Lady Don, Preston Schmolfeld. So sue me. We're 13 minutes late getting on the air. Technical difficulties. Hey, if you want your money back, you know, you want me to refund 13 minutes of listening time, you let me know. Because, you know, I, I'm not going to steal your money. It was just a matter of uh, the computer was running slow and we've got this uh, Wi-Fi situation here at the Broken Arms Hotel. What can I say? It is the 15th of June, 2017. And I was just going to say something and I don't remember what it is. It's the Ides of June, and uh, this is our first live program on Live 365. Uh, Right now, it is 7.14 Eastern Daylight Time as we come to you from our palatial uh, glass-enclosed nerve center here at the Broken Arms Hotel in... um, where are we? Myrtle Beach? Sunny Myrtle Beach. Sunny Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> and because this is a Live 365 channel, and we have music licensing, we can play actually actual, real, honest-to-God music if we want to. And we do want to. And I don't know why that's not going on. And there it is. At some point we will play (laughs) real music. But not right now. Attorney General to get a special prosecutor 
to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies, so much deception. There has never been anything like it. And we're going to have a special prosecutor. When I speak, I go out and speak. The people of this country are furious. In my opinion, the people that have been long-term workers at the FBI are furious. There has never been anything like this where emails and you get a subpoena, you get a subpoena, and after getting the subpoena, you delete 33,000 emails. And then you acid wash them or bleach them, as you would say, a very expensive process. So we're going to get a special prosecutor and we're going to look into it because you know what? People have been, their lives have been destroyed for doing one-fifth of what you've done. And it's a disgrace. And honestly, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Because you'd be in jail. 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 A race where you lost. Fair and square, unlike the Bernie Sanders race where you won, but not fair and square, because Bernie Sanders, between superdelegates and Deborah Wasserman Schultz, he never had a chance. And I was so surprised to see him sign on with the devil. And I'll tell you what, I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going to say it, and I hate to say it, but if I win, I am going to instruct my attorney general. A special prosecutor to look into your situation because there has never been so many lies so much deception there has never been anything like it okay Hillary Clinton doesn't care about murdering babies dismembering abortions that's okay with her okay um, religious freedom I, I, oh, I, yes, I yes, appreciate yes. you talking about substance, and that is important, Vicki, but we're talking about locker room conversation. Yes. My question was about, is it okay that a man who wants to be the president of the free world is bragging and admits to it, and okay. yes, he's apologized. Yeah, well, that, that's wrong. Himself. Okay, yes, but that is, that, that is, that is wrong, absolutely. But here's the thing, he's not running to be the Pope. Look at the culture of our country. Everybody knew he had strip clubs. 
but still the millions of people chose him to be the nominee. I mean, this is the, this is the kind of person that needs to lead our country. God can use anybody. He used, he used the harlot, and that's I'm the thing. It's all about what God can do. Give me your dirty love Like you might surrender to some dragon in your dreams Give me your dirty love Like a pink donation to the dragon in your dreams I don't need your sweet devotion And I don't want your cheap emotion Whip me up some dragon lotion for your dirty love Give me your dirty love Like some tacky little pamphlet in your daddy's bottom drawer Give me your dirty love I don't believe you've never seen his book before I don't need no consolation I don't want your reservation I only got one destination and that's your dirty love Just like your mama make that nasty poodle chew. <laughs> yep, Bill Preston Schmalfeld here. And I am Preston Schmalfeld. As we move into a new era of, uh, what's the name of this show again? <laughs> Bright Bart Evening, Bright Bit Evening News. Yeah, it's not Bright Bart. Yeah, because, I was trying to say yeah. the right thing. You've been getting a lot of criticism from the evil ones for your hair. And I just want them to know that you fixed it. You're no longer that strawberry blonde thing. <laughs> no. Nope. What was the name of that movie? Suicide Squad? <laughs> yes. She's got this... Harley I've Quinn thing going. I've full Harley. Now I, on the other hand, am <laughs> not about 
for a moment to uh, bleach my face any whiter than it already is and wear green hair and red lipstick, although these vape cigarettes, they do redden the lips perceptibly. Hey, did you know W.J.J. Hogue of Westminster, Maryland, is capable of seeing the future. <laughs> I have proof. Right there. Yeah, if, if, if this wasn't proof, would I be able to do this? <laughs> no. It's a letter that I haven't received yet, but uh, Hogue never writes a laundry list without uh, putting it on his blog. Dear Mr. Schmolfeld, on 8 May, that's another thing about this jerk that's always bothered me. The way he writes his dates. Now, everybody in the United States of America would say May 8 or May 8th. Right? He uses British style dates. It's he, like he's trying to be formal or it, some bullshit. It's ostentatious. <laughs> it's obnoxious and it's ostentatious. But even that is acceptable. Just get the fucking century right, would you, Hogue? <laughs> On 8 May 2107. Boy, that's some GS-13 writing right there, ain't it? Real GS-13 proofing. And Hogue, if you're alive in 2107... If you're alive in 2018, (laughs) I'm filing a complaint with God. Anyway. Judge Hacker issued an order... Docket item 147-0, requiring that you serve your responses to my request for production of documents not later than 15 May 2017. Got the right Wait a minute, if the judge didn't issue the order... Until 90 years from now. (laughs) Why was I expected to respond to them in this century? (laughs) I don't know. I have enclosed a copy of that order because docket item 147-1 is a notation. Of a returned mail sent to you. Well, you see, Hoggy, that's where you're wrong. It's the mail that you sent. It's the mail that gets sent by the court, not by you, because you throw everything into one envelope. If the court sends a letter to Almighty Media... It'll be returned. If the court sends a letter to Breitbart Unmasked, 
it'll be returned. I am not Almighty Media. I am not Breitbart Unmasked. There are some days when I'm not even William M. Schmaufelt. You senile old bastard. I continue. On 13 May, I received your response. That's it. End of story right there. <laughs> he received my response on the 13th of May. Now, what was I ordered to do by this judge? Let's see. To respond to the Oh, response. you're giving it away. Oh, no, giving it away. Ordered that the defendant, William M. Schmalfeld, oh, that's about uh, supplementing my answer to an interrogatory, ordered that the plaintiff's motion to compel discovery from defendant William M. Schmalfeld as to the 11 requests for productions of documents and the same is hereby granted and further ordered that the defendant, William M. Schmalfeld shall respond to the 11 requests for production of documents and shall file certificate of filing the responses with the court on or before May 15th. Hogue, you blithering idiot. The judge does not say Give Hogue everything he's asking for. The judge says, respond. Respond. Say it with me. Respond. respond. One more time. Respond to the requests for the 11 uh, requests for production. And I responded. Now, you're saying that... Uh, if you don't get everything you want, that you're going to bring this up at the twenty uh, July, the June twenty eighth uh, show cause uh, contempt of court hearing. No, you're not, and you know why you're not, because you would have to amend your petition. This hearing on the twenty eighth is specifically for me to show cause why I should not be held in contempt of court for videotaping my face! Your own face! And the thing that he's trying to bring up about the wiretapping statue... Yeah, he's wiretapping! I was connected by Skype and because of my memory difficulties, I wanted to record my responses to the questions that were asked of me. It's called the Americans with Disabilities Act, dumbass. And the only thing that could be seen was your face. My face! And the only thing that could be heard clearly were your responses. Yeah, you had to really, you know, manipulate the audio to you hear mean, anything other than me. 
And that, even that, was only ambient sound. Exactly. So, you're going to bring this up at the June 28th show cause hearing. All right, let's say you're going to do that. I will bring up the topic of your forging a letter back in January of 2015. And the judge will probably tell both of you to shut the hell up and deal with it. No doubt! No doubt! Because that's not what the hearing's about! Exactly. Hoag no need law. Hoag am law. (laughs) Me no need laws of men. Me hoag. Me say what law am. Me hog idiot. <laughs> God. How this judge has let this thing go on so long. But Bore. I tell ya. Bore. As Hog always says, the ram has touched the wall. The ram has touched the wall. That was the old-time Roman battle call. And what that meant was that you must surrender your weapons tender, and Caesar would let you live. But all that matters, the ram that batters, once it touches your walls, he won't forgive. The ram has touched the wall. And in the old days, that meant towns would fall. But nowadays some guy who thinks he's Caesar, this wheezing geezer, who thinks he's smarter than all. Up to his neck and shit, he don't know when to quit. The ram has touched the wall. The ram has touched the wall. has touched the wall and that must surely mean the end of all of our concerted efforts to negate all the filth and hate and to give up without a fight yet every pervert will feel the butt hurt when they see I've got them dead to rights the ram has touched the wall but the specific ram he's got no balls And all that he can do is sit and mumble and break and crumble Cause he's behind the eight ball He may not know it yet, but he will soon regret The ram has touched the wall The ram has touched the wall But it is not the wall he thought would fall the chowderhead who causes agitation to defamation. I see him soon here in court. This snotty whiner, a palatiner. Better hope that I'm the forgiving sort. The ram has touched the wall. It turned out not to be a ram at all. Who would have guessed that stupid right wing creeps would show up with sheep? In fact, the ram was a lamb, and you should hear them cry. Now that we've caught the lie, oh, the wall has...
Hush, hush the lamp, poor little sheepy. The wall, the wall, the wall, the wall, the wall has crushed the lamp. Misunderstands. She's often inclined to borrow somebody's dreams till tomorrow. There is no other day. Let's try it another way. You'll lose your mind and play. Listening to the Bright Bit Channel on Life 365. Music, news, and talk, all in the unique Bright Bit style. Visit our website at www.brightbitnews.com. That's B R E I T B I T News.com. And hit the donation button if you would. This crap doesn't pay for itself. Thank you. You 
This is a bright bit evening news with your hosts, Bill and Lady Die, Preston Schmolfeld. I'm afraid I hit the system cue a little too early. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. 
Um, you'll notice that uh, I am allowing Lady Die to choose some of the music for the show. That was Lady Gaga. <laughs> Lady Gaga. And, yes. Until it happens to you. It's a song about the heartbreak of hemorrhoids, I believe. <laughs> oh, you just want to know until it happens to you. <laughs> Not quite, but hey. All right, what's it about? It's about the, uh, the You can't even explain it. No. All right. It is about the uh, heartbreak and the stigma that sexual assault victims face. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's true. I didn't uh, pay that close attention to the lyrics, I guess. Uh, And I'm not going to make any jokes about a song that deals with the heartbreak and stigma of sexual assault victims. Because there are women listening, and I love women. Yeah. And, uh... It's sort of a... Donald Trump. Oh, God. <laughs> Everything's Donald Trump with you. Well, that's because I despise the man. Well, then you're happy to see that uh, he is officially being investigated by the... Yeah, for obstruction of justice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I like to do more than almost anything? What's that? I like to make, well, almost anything. Uh, I like to make the monkeys dance. Yes. Uh, Guys like uh, Patrick Grady and uh, Jim Howell. Oh, you mean Patrick Grady, a.k.a. Paul Krendler, right. (laughs) You know, I, I posted this online, uh, let's see, on the 13th. And it explains the uh, fact that Sarah Palmer, who is one of the defendants in my uh, federal case, not only revealed that Paul Krendler is actually Patrick Grady, not only revealed that George (laughs) Meredith Howell... Uh, the pork, the poor sign one living in Georgetown, West, no, it's, is it, yeah, Georgetown, West Virginia. I couldn't include him on the original complaint because I thought he lived in Maryland still, but a uh, little research found out he lives, now I can include him in the diversity suit. And, uh, of course, W.J.J. Hogue. And not a one of them has responded (coughs) to this posting from um, two days ago. (laughs) It's based on, it's a Twitter thread based on a story I published on brightbitnews.com, which, by the way, is one hell of a website. Indeed. Indeed. And you should check it out. B-R-E-I-T-B-I-T-N-E-W-S dot com. The story I published on uh, June... No, it says here on June... 13th is what it should have been. Uh, Adulterous liar Sarah Palmer denies she wrote 
what she wrote. And the Twitter thread begins, I'm happy to explain to any dimwit or dullard who needs this explained. <laughs> Sarah Ashtara Palmer thought she was chatting with George Howell. And you know, as a matter of fact, that was all two years ago today. Wow. Two years ago today. Yep. She was mad at real me for my naughty daddy post. I suggested that perhaps the reason she hates men, so it would seem, or decent men, like her husband, who she ran out on, is, so she can move in with a method. Yeah, is maybe she was touched by a naughty daddy. I just offered that as a, a supposition. And uh, she had a response all set. And she said, if Pat wanted to do something with it, that was fine with her. Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't call him Krendler. First, I called him PG. Yeah. And when that didn't elicit a satisfactory response from the she-beast, uh, I called him Pat. And she said, well, if Pat wants to do something with it, that's fine with her. Now, to make sure we were talking about the same person as Howell, I said, huh. Grady sure has a way of getting under the blob's skin. <laughs> Even back then, when I was in my 300s, yeah. Howell was heavier than I am. <laughs> I met the man. I saw him in the courtroom at one of W.J.J. Hogue's uh, frequent attempts to throw me behind bars. Yeah. So, him calling anybody else chubby is... Anyway. Sarah confirmed we were talking about the same person. Why, yes, he does. I'm better at fisking the legal documents. <laughs> so now we have established that Krendler is... PG, which stands for Patrick Grady. Yep. Now my job was to get her to incriminate Howell. So as Howell, I asked if she thought that I, George Meredith Howell, had actually had warrants taken out on me, on Grady, and on W.J.J. Hogue because of the whole forged letter incident, yeah. which you can read about on brightbitnews.com. She suggested that I, George <coughs> Meredith Howell, call the cops, because they'd have to tell me if there was a warrant, because with real me, you never know what kind of crazy thing I'm going to do. So, a bit later, Mr. Vogon, as he calls himself on Twitter, do you have any idea what that means? You're a gamer geek. 
Mr. Vogon? Does that have anything to do with Doctor Who or anything like that? I'm at a loss. Yeah, it's either Star Trek or Star Wars. I'm not sure which. Mr. Vogon. Anyway, he told Sarah that he called and the cops started asking uncomfortable questions. So I, George Meredith Howell, just hung up. And then Howell told her, I wish I'd never agreed to mail that letter for Patrick. It seemed like an innocent prank at the time. <laughs> Sarah offered comfort. It wasn't evidence in a criminal matter. It was civil. Now what did Sarah just do there? <clears throat> she implicated She Howell. confirmed that Howell carried the letter that was yeah. sent to him by Patrick Grady because it seemed like an innocent prank at the time. But Howell, fat coward that he is, <laughs> continued to worry. He said that he loved W.J.J. Hogue and all that, but if there was a warrant, did Sarah think that Hogue would leave Howell hanging out there on the limb? Or would he man up? Patrick said he did the letter as a favor for Hogue because Hogue asked him to. Do you think W.J.J. Hogue would leave me and Patrick hanging? Sarah assured Howell she didn't think that W.J.J. Hogue would make Patrick Grady and George Meredith Howell do, cri do time for Hogue's crime. And therein lies the tale. <laughs> Pretty much. She confirmed everything I suspected. Now, she thought she was talking to George Howell. She confirmed Krendler as Grady, Howell as the mule, and Hogue for having the idea. First, she denied she was the person on the other end of the email. And then she said she knew she was talking to me and pranked me. Oh. But if she was pranking me, why did she tell me about her daughter, the child abuser, the baby shaker, the baby her daughter shook into brain damage? She wouldn't because she would know you could use that against her later. There's only one way the story makes sense. And that's the story the judge in the federal case will hear as the case progresses. There is no other plausible explanation. Eric Johnson's going to have to explain why calling me a child pornographer and pedophile and getting me trying to get me thrown out of my home, which did not happen, is not liable. <laughs> Patrick Grady, exposed by Sarah and his own words, will have to explain his three years of defamatory blog posts. 
Sarah Palmer will have to explain the entire Billy Says blog where she says she's just quoting things I say and then applying uh, defamatory out-of-context meanings to them. And Hogue is going to just have to defend being W.J.J. Hogue. There is no defense for that. (laughs) The the ringleader behind all of this. So here at 7.57 p.m. on Thursday, June 15th, 2017. Not 2107! (laughs) That's a long way from now. I don't think even I'm going to make it that long. And if you do, I'll be fucking old. (laughs) Yeah, if you made it that far, you'd be a zombie and I would not want to be in the same room with you. Well, if I made it that long, you'd be all old and wrinkly too and I'd probably ditch you for a younger woman. (laughs) Because you know how I am. Just ask Grady and all. But I does love making some monkeys dance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Monkeys upon a tree, never walk, very blue. They never seem to be a low-fuck that is true. Not like the ones you see on a bar in a zoo. Monkeys upon a tree, you the monkey doodle do. Among the mangoes where the monkey can go to see them do. The little monkey doodle do. Oh, a little monkey playing on his monkey gives them all the cue to do the monkey doodle do. Let me take you by the hand over to the jungle bed. If you're too old for dancing, get yourself a monkey glance and then let's go. A little theory is the Darwin theory. Tell me I'm you. To do the monkey do.
This is breaking news from the Bright Bits newsroom. President Trump has just issued an executive order stating that all Muslims in the United States be rounded up like cattle and taken to concentration camps, where they will be slaughtered like pigs, after which their flesh will be processed and sold as food to the poor. The nationwide Muslim roundup will begin immediately. Those found protecting Muslims from the USDA relocation and murder squads will be summarily executed. I'm joking, of course, but if it were true, you'd hear about it first, right here on the Brightbit channel, on Live 365. It hasn't really happened, not yet, but it might, so, stay tuned. Known of it for ages that for grief there are five stages. Denial is the first one that you go through. And anger laced with rage is the normal second stage. I didn't know who I should send that rage to. I'm not mad at my sweetie, it was not her choice to leave me. She did the things that she was told she should do. Didn't die just to destroy me or to pester or annoy me. It's not the sort of thing she'd ever do. I'm not mad at Obama or the Pope or Dalai Lama, and I'm only slightly pissed off at the Lord. The doctors did their best with little drama, I'll attest, as they gave the finest care we could afford. With all that anger swelling in my gut, it sat there welling. I had to vent that pressure just the same. Although he may despise me, still he didn't witterize me. And though I know he doesn't bear the blame. Two, three, four. God bless old Hoggy is what I say. He took all my anger and sucked it away. Forget my old and weird whistle. In his beard, he sucks all my anger away. God bless old Hoggy. In Maryland, he lives. He never forgets, and he never forgives. He sued me and tried to have me jailed 300 times. He sucks all my anger away. And so God bless old Hoggy, he's never incorrect, except for when he is, which is often, I suspect, Vexatious and obtuse and of no productive use. He sucks all my anger away. Let's all sing a hoggy from Tennessee. He came, and now that he's suing, I won't. Reveal his name. He's a liar and a fraud. He's an accident of God. He sucks.
channel on Life 365. For me it happens all the time 
This is a Bright Bit Evening News with your hosts, Bill and Lady Di, Preston Schmolfeld. See if you can guess which one of us is which. <laughs> yeah, if the song makes you want to kill yourself, it's most likely one of my choices. Yeah, Need You Now by Lady Antebellum and Some Guy in the Band. <laughs> As the song's playing, I turn to Di and I say, Who's that singing with her? She's like, Yeah, some guy in the band. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just well, don't remember how name. come he gets no credit? 
Well, he probably does. I just don't remember what his name is. He doesn't have any credit on the label. That's because the lady in Debellum is the name of the band. It's not even, you know, featuring Joe Blow. <laughs> oh, God. Just some schmuck in the band, and he gets to sing with Lady Antebellum. Which means Lady uh, After the War. <laughs> or is that before the war? Anti, Antebellum would be, I believe, prior to... I don't know. What the hell am I even trying to talk about it for? I have no idea what I'm talking about. Which is what makes this such an entertaining radio show. <laughs> yes. This is the Bright Bart Evening News. The Bright Bit Evening News. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a rather prominent story about Breitbart written by some clown from Newsweek where he... Uh, I don't want to say he had to wipe his chin after talking to Lee Stranahan. And I don't want to say that for one reason, and that's for the horrible image it creates in my mind. Yeah. But he did sort of... Yeah, check this out on BreitbartUnmasked.com. Look at the story, uh, Newsweek reporter misleads readers about Lee Stranahan. And you'll know what we're talking about here. Anyway, back to the national news. We see that uh, Vice President Pence has lawyered up. What does that tell you? It tells you that he is under investigation for some wrongdoing as well. What are you doing over there? <laughs> I got a game. Oh, you're playing? What... <laughs> And I'm still able to pay attention to the show. She's playing a video game when we're broadcasting to untold and dozens of people. And I'm able to pay attention to the show, too. So, I multitask a lot better than certain people. Name them. Hoggy. Uh, how do you know how well Hoggy multitasks? Because he can't even keep up with his own legal briefs. But it's 2107! Yeah, exactly. I have a flying car. <laughs> oh, yeah, so he can't even keep up with his own legal briefs. <laughs> it's 19 minutes after 8 o'clock, and I recorded this before the election last year. Right after James Comey uh, released the second Hillary Clinton letter. And since his name is in the news... October 27, 2016, at the office of the Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. What is it, Hilda? Your agent is waiting out here wanting to speak to you. Uh, 
Uh, fine, send them in. Mr. Director? Director Kami? What can I do for you two jolly chaps? Don't just stand there looking at your shoes. One of you say something. You tell him. I don't want to tell him. You tell him. Look, you're wasting my time. What's going on? Well, the fact of the matter is, sir, that for weeks we've been aware of the presence of emails on the laptop computer of Huma Abedin. Is that the wife of that ISIS guy? No, no, even worse. It's the, she's the estranged wife of uh, Anthony Weiner. Ah, I see. Weiner. Yeah. And she's Hillary Clinton's uh, closest aide. But not ISIS. No, sir. No, sir. Not ISIS. At least we don't think she so. She is Muslim. We, we still don't think she's in any way related to a terrorist organization. All right. These emails you're talking about. What about them? Well, uh... Tell him. Right, all right, all right. Um, well, uh, there are several thousand emails... On this laptop that uh, Anthony Weiner owns and is used by Huma Abedin that may relate to the investigation uh, of Hillary Clinton's emails. And you've known about this for how long? Since uh, earlier this month, about October 7th, I think. Was it the 7th? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're telling me this now? Uh, Yes, sir. Eleven days before the national election. Yes, sir. Oh, that's the phone. We know what a telephone sounds like, sir. I've had about enough of your impertinence, Jackson. Hello? Oh, hello, dear. Why, yes, I was going to call you. I know, I know, yeah. Oh, you say the cutest thing sometimes. <laughs> No wonder I love you so much. Oh, okay. Right. 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 Uh-huh. Not a problem. I'll get right on that. Yeah. I'll see you at home. I love you, too. Bye-bye. That was Jason Chaffetz, the uh, congressman from Utah. He wants us to make it public that we have these emails. Uh, Mr. Director, don't we also have some pretty startling information linking the Donald Trump campaign to connections with the uh, former Soviet Union, uh, direct contacts with an enemy of the United States in the uh, communications between Trump, his staff, and Vladimir Putin? Yeah, don't we got those? Well, you idiots, we can't reveal that. It's only 11 days till the election. What's wrong with you people anyway? Nice friendly reporter. Fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. We're a very powerful company. We're a very powerful company. 
I am a trader. I am a trader. 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 A lot of bad things happening. And that's going to stop. A lot of bad things happening. And that's going to stop. I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. Strong. Very strong. Strong. Very strong. Uh, Fake news. Fake news. Traitor. 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 And that's going to stop. We're a very powerful company. And that's going to stop. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination I am a traitor I am a traitor by any stretch of the imagination traitor 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 I am a traitor Strong, very strong. Uh, a By any stretch of the imagination. You're a very powerful company. Uh, a lot of bad things happening. A lot of bad things happening. A lot of bad things happening. Fake news. Fake news. And that's going to stop. And that's going to stop. Nice, friendly reporter. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. We're a very powerful company. We're a very powerful company. I am a traitor. I am a traitor. 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 A lot of bad things happening. And that's going to stop. A lot of bad things happening. And that's going to stop. I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. Strong. Very strong. Strong. Very strong. Uh, Fake news. Fake news. Traitor, 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 traitor. And that's going to stop. We're a very powerful company. And that's going to stop. Uh... By any stretch of the imagination. I am a traitor. I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. Traitor. 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 I am a traitor. Strong. Very strong. Uh, I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. We're a very powerful company. Uh, a lot of bad things happening. A lot of bad things happening. A lot of bad things happening. Fake news. Fake news. And that's going to stop. And that's going to stop. 
I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. I am a traitor. By any stretch of the imagination. Strong. Very strong. This is listener-supported, internet radio, the Brightbit channel, on Live 365, you can support our mission of humiliating the right-wing pinheads with mockery and derision, by visiting our website, and hitting that pretty, pretty, donation button at the top of the page, visit brightbitnews.com, and be generous, you are generous, right, unless you're a right-wing pinhead deadbeat. You are not a right-wing pinhead deadbeat, are you? Well... Are you?
This is a bright bit evening news with your hosts, Bill and Lady Di, Preston Schmolfeld. You know, I think a lot of the hoi polloi, you know, the, the bourgeoisie, think of Stairway to Heaven or Black Dog or When the Levee Breaks as being the quintessential Led Zeppelin song. For me, dazed and confused. That just... <laughs> It just it it speaks of an uh, entire era of my life, which continues uh, today. Yeah, even until today. Uh, it is eight thirty six, twenty four minutes away from nine o'clock in the evening. If you're listening to the live version of this show. The program does repeat at various times through the day, so if it's not 8.36 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the 15th of June, then you know you're listening to a pre-recorded program. Uh, Lady Di. Yes. Are you familiar with the entire W.J.J. Hogue story. Yeah, most of it. I oh, I dare say, my dear, you don't. You've barely scratched the surface. We sent our investigative team back in my liberal grouch days to investigate the family background. Of he who calls himself the third in the line of the W.J.J. Hoes. Who is W.J.J. Hoggy? What is W.J.J. Hoggy Third? Why is W.J.J. Hoggy Third here for Liberal Grouch Productions with answers to these questions is our own Hector de Peoples. We at the Liberal Grouch have done our best to research the history of W.J.J. Hoggy III of Westminster, Maryland. We find that there are more twists and turns and holes in the story in the lineage of W.J.J. Hoggy III than one will find in the diseased intestines of a person with Crohn's disease. These records are based on historical documents which have since been sealed and destroyed by the state of Tennessee, but not before we got photocopies. In order for there to be a W.J.J. Hoggy III, there must have been a W.J.J. Hoggy the first, and there was. Born in 1887, 
on a farm outside of Franklin, Tennessee, nobody is quite sure who W.J.J. the I's parents actually were. The young infant was found in a barnyard between the rear hooves of a large horse covered in horse manure and trying desperately to nurse from the horse. Unfortunately, the horse was not a mare, but was a steed stallion, a fact that, if mentioned in the presence of W.J.J. Hoggy I, would cause him to erupt in extreme rage with obscenities and bullets flying. The newspapers of the time had quite some fun with the discovery of the manure-covered child, calling him the Miracle Horse Baby of Franklin. As Hoggy had no one to raise him because no one, seeing photographs of his birth conditions, wanted to touch him physically. He was sent to the Tennessee home for wayward, unloved children in nearby Cooksville, Tennessee. That school was burned to the ground in 1893 under suspicious circumstances uh, in which the evidence points to young Mr. Hoggy. Several students and teachers were killed in their sleep by the smoke and flames of the fire. In fact, there was only one child left uninjured by the conflagration, and that was young Mr. Hoggy. A local newspaper reporter at the time a newspaper reporter encountered Mr. Hoggy and asked him how he managed to survive the conflagration that took so many lives on that dark, dreadful day in, in Cooksville. Mr. Hoggy replied, None of your beeswax, and kicked the reporter squarely in the testicles. Moving forward to 1915, 15 years into a new century, W.J.J. Hoggy I kidnapped a young debutante from a Nashville cotillion and declared her his wife, where they lived together in a filthy log cabin several miles south of Smyrna, Tennessee. On September 18, 1917, after finally achieving the ability to impregnate his captured wife, W.J.J. Hoggy finally produced his first and only offspring, which he named W.J.J. Hoggy II. He promptly shot his wife as she was no further use to him. This, of course, at the time, 
was considered a capital crime in the state of Tennessee. And Hoggy the First went to the gallows on April 3rd, 1920. Through much research, we were able to discover that a Edison recording of Hoggy the First's final words as he stood on the scaffold just before they put the hood over his head still exists. life came to an end. That was it for W.J.J. Hoggy the First. But what about W.J.J. Hoggy the Second? Being not quite three years old, the opportunities for a fatherless waif like W.J.J. Hoggy the Second were limited. He was sent to the Nashville Home for Children with limited opportunity, no hope, and no outlook for success, where he proved the title of the school absolutely correct. Released from the school when he was 18 years old, young Hoggy II became a traveling snake oil salesman. Unlike the other snake oil salesmen of the early 20th century, he actually used real snakes, which he would crush and pour their entrails into a bottle and refer to them as snake oil. More than one person died as a result of ingesting W.J.J. Hoggy II's uh, product, and he spent a large portion of his miserable life behind bars at the Tennessee State Penitentiary, where he did a hard time on the rock pile. And by that, we don't mean breaking up the rocks with hammers. We mean that he was sexually abused in the late night hours while the guards were busy doing other things on top of the rock pile by other inmates. It was a terrible fate, and it shaped Hoggy II's mentality. On December 8th, 1941, the day after the infamous attack on Pearl Harbor by forces of the Japanese Imperial Navy, there was a general amnesty in Tennessee prisons for eligible young men. 
provided that upon release from prison, they immediately enlist in the armed forces of the United States to fight the Axis enemy. Hoggie II signed such a pledge, but immediately went into hiding. Having inherited his father's gift for deception and connivory, as well as smooth-talking, young Mr. Hoggy, 24 years old at the outbreak of the war, founded a radio station in Clarksville, Tennessee, where he was not only the owner, but the morning radio show host. At first, we thought that perhaps he got his license to broadcast through fraudulent means. After all, he was an escaped felon. But records show that the Federal Communications Commission issued a broadcast license to young Hoggy II in 1944. His station, with call letters that, when spelled uh, out and read aloud, in our research for this program, we had difficulty getting anyone in a position of authority in Clarksville, Tennessee, to admit that there ever was such a radio station. However, after the proper palms were greased, we did manage to find one records custodian who had secreted away a wire recording made of one such transmission in 1948. Good morning, tools and fools. This is William John Joseph Hockey II, and you're listening to Hockey in the Morning here on K-U-N-T in Clarksville, Tennessee. Yes, and I'm a happy man today. Our little boy, Hoggy Third, slept through the night for the first time. We couldn't be more happy. <laughs> and now the music of Glenn Miller. As congenial and friendly as Hoggy Second sounded on the air, he was just the opposite in personality and temperance at home. Being an early riser, he needed to go to bed early in the evening, and he insisted that his entire family, his wife Prudence, and his son, W.J.J. Hoggy III, retire for the evening with him. Uh, he was a brutal father, whipping his son with his belt on a nearly daily basis, calling him a poor excuse for a third in a, such a proud line of hoggies. It seemed young Mr. Hoggy, the third, had no interest in much of anything except in being a broadcaster. 
The elder Hoggy tried to explain to his son that owning a radio station was merely a scam and that he was cheating the advertisers for every dollar he could get from them. But still, young Mr. Hoggy III wanted to be in radio. On a tragic day, September 24th, 1957, Young Mr. Hoggy III was a ten-year-old when someone listening to the radio station finally sounded out the call letters of K-U-N-T, and there was a meeting in Washington, D.C. at the Federal Communications Commission to deny Mr. Hoggy II a renewal of his broadcast license. We'll merely say the meeting did not go well. Uh, Mr. Hoggy, uh, you are the owner and operator of a radio station in Clarksville, Tennessee, are you not? That is absolutely true, Congressman. And the call letters of this radio station are K U. N-T. Am I not correct? Oh, my goodness, Mr. Congressman, you can spell. That's much better than most of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. This is not the time to be flip and arrogant, Mr. Hoggy. You are in serious trouble. Well, then you'll be sure to tell me when it is time to be flip and arrogant. I'll do my best to oblige you. Mr. Hoggy, when you founded and applied for the call letters K-U-N-T, you knew that saying the call letters as if they were a word would result in speaking of a profanity, a guttural reference to a woman's holiest of holies. Were you aware of that at the time? Congress, 
14 members of the spectator audience were slain before a sleepy Capitol Police Force could arrive at the caucus chamber to take Mr. Hoggy II down once and for all, leaving behind a destitute wife and a child, W.J.J. Hoggy III, who was now entering middle school at the age of 12. We all know that middle school can be the roughest period in any child's life. Imagine what it would be like to be the child of a mass murderer who committed his mass murder on nationwide TV on all three of the networks that were covering the KUNT hearings. Poor young Hoggy III was subjected to all manner of torment and abuse from his fellow students, and even the nuns at the Little Sisters of the Poor School which he attended were unable to protect him from much that transpired. Things improved, but only slightly, when Mr. Hoggy III matriculated to high school but only marginally. He tried out to be the water boy for the football team, but he kept tripping over the sideline markers when he was called to take his bucket of water out to the players. We at the Liberal Grouch were able to locate some of Mr. Hoggy III's high school contemporaries, such as Clement J. Stein, now living in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I remember Hoggy. <laughs> he was kind of a standoffish one. Thought very highly of himself, but nobody else seemed to share that opinion. <laughs> I'll never forget one day when he refused to take a shower in uh, sophomore physical education. He said he didn't want the other boys to see his dirty thing. I guess that's what his mother called it. We, well, <laughs> being boys, you know, we were capable of the most insane and unwarranted sorts of cruelty. So I recall one day after a particularly strenuous physical education uh, activity uh, where we, in the locker room, stripped little Hoggy naked and threw him into the shower where we got him wet and soapy and scrubbed him down with a wire brush. I believe the manufacturer of the brush is a company called Kai-Eye. Yes, I believe, I believe that's what it was because we... I couldn't help but recall the similarity between the name of the product and the sound Hoggy made as we scrubbed a layer of skin off of him. <laughs> oh, he didn't even try to fight back. He just laid there and bled like the little pussy we knew he was. <laughs> Things did not go much better for Hoggy when he graduated high school and was accepted at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, where he immediately 
lived out his dreams of broadcast excellence by becoming a low-level manager of some sort at the uh, student radio station. Never secure enough in the sound of his own voice to actually do an air shift, his duties were confined to being sales manager for the radio station, which was merely an honorary position since the college radio station had a non-commercial license, therefore could not sell advertising time. His dreams of being on radio crushed Hoggy the Third found love. Young Constance McGillicuddy from Nashville had a successful career going in broadcast and audio recording. Hoggy swept her under his wing and off her feet and married her, stealing her away to Maryland, where they reside today in Westminster, the county seat of Carroll County, one of the few almost totally Republican counties in one of the bluest states on the political map. Mrs. Hoggy was able to bear but one child, and that would be William John Joseph Hoggy IV. An extremely large child, setting Winchester records at being born at 27 pounds, uh, Mrs. Hoggy was never again able to even entertain the idea of sexual relations with Mr. Hoggy III ever again. He did not take that well, beating her once so severely that he broke her back and gave her bone cancer. We contacted Mr. Hoggy III at his home in Westminster, and he agreed to a brief interview. But you don't seem to understand, you New York liberals, is that the woman is my property to use and abuse as I choose. <laughs> Are you pondering what I'm pondering? Ah, that was a little play on words, but ever so true. Yes, I beat the cancer into her back, and now I'm beating it out of her. <laughs> She's a strong, stalwart woman, that one. And she would have to be to have given birth to this giant, gigantic mound of moron that is my son, William John Joseph Hoggy IV. That would be me. Yes, son. Now please, Daddy's talking to the liberal reporter from New York. I thought you did not like liberal reporters from New York. Uh, son, that's uh, not the time to discuss private family business. 
I recall you saying that the next time a liberal reporter from New York came into our house that you would personally shoot him in the face with your shotgun. To your room, young man, at once. Daddy, I'm in my 30s now and do not have to do what you tell me. You bloody damn well do have to do what I tell you while you live under my roof. Okay, Daddy. There, you see? The product of superior genetic engineering. He does whatever I tell him, which is all I ask of anyone. To do that which I bid and command. W.J.J. Hoggy Third, Megalomaniac. Liar. Possible forgerer. A despicable human being in every sense of the word. But now, perhaps, you have a slightly better understanding why it is, he is, the way he is. For the Liberal Grouch cast, this has been Hector DePeoples. Thank you for listening. You are listening to The Bright Bit Channel on Life 365. Music, news, and talk. All in the unique Brightbit style. Visit our website at www.brightbitnews.com. That's B R E I T B I T News.com. And hit the donation button, if you would. This crap doesn't pay for itself. Thank you. You've been listening to The Bright Bit Evening News with Bill and Lady Di, Preston Schmolfeld. Visit our website, brightbitnews.com. That's spelled B-R-E-I-T-B-I-T-News.com. And for the real news, visit us at brightbartunmasked.com. The Bright Bit Evening News is a listener-supported production of Deep Brain Media. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. Have a pleasant, bright bit evening. What exactly is a pleasant, bright bit evening? It just means the kind of evening that you would want the bright bit crew to have, I would suspect. Did that make any sense at all? Not really. Okay, well, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Bye. Bye. Now, I don't know what there is about that you can't understand, but I'm telling you right now, God Almighty is head of this nation, not people. Jesus of Nazareth is Lord over the United States.
Uh, Janine, would you see if you can find my son and send him into my office, please? Right away, Lord. Yeah, stop paying attention for just a couple of... What's up, Dad? Look, son, have you been down on Earth talking to people again? Um, which part of Earth specifically? You know what I'm talking about. The United States. They're the ones that give us the most trouble up here. Well, when you say talking to them, what precisely are you, uh... Are you telling them again that America is my favorite country, that I hold America above every other country on the face of that woe-begotten planet? Did somebody say this that? idiot Kenneth Copeland on TV just now said it. He said... America is God's country and nobody's gonna take it away from it. He said that I'm the head of state for God. Well, their money oh. does say in God we trust, so, you know, they, they trust you. They, they look up to you. I'm not asking whether or not they look up to me, son. I'm asking if you're down there stirring up trouble again. It seems like every four years you get these people who say that you have personally told them that that person is your choice to be president of the United States. Well, you must admit it is kind of entertaining to see how they it react. It is not entertaining in the least. It is a massive headache. When the person who says that Jesus told him to run and that Jesus told him he would win runs and doesn't win, it makes people doubt your existence. Don't you understand that? Well, you want to, like, whip a flood down on them or something? I just hit them with a hurricane, son. What more do you think it'll take? Well, uh, uh I, I guess I could, uh, uh, visit this Copeland fellow with a heart attack or something. No, no, nothing quite that drastic. But, uh... How about if we uh, have the Republican Party break with Donald Trump? and not support him anymore. Then the Republican Party will be seen as going against the will of God. You just don't seem to understand, son, the trouble you cause when you meddle in the affairs of one planet when I've got literally billions and billions of other planets to worry about. Well, um... You got any ideas how I can fix this? No. No, I think we just let this one run its course and see what happens. Well, it's only another four weeks, and then they got their election, and then they can all start blaming each other. Or they can all start killing each other, which I see as a more likely scenario, son. One of these days, kid, you're going to realize that there's more to be in God than just turning water into wine, and uh, wine into water, or whatever it was you did. Well, if uh, you say so, Dad, uh, I'll, I'll try to be a little bit more... Uh, introspective uh, next time I go down there and not uh, uh, actively stir up trouble, but if you don't mind, I've got Buddha and Confucius waiting for me on the back nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. Why do I bother? And would somebody tell Harpo Marx to knock it off with the harp? I'm getting a freaking headache over here.
of your bullshit Forget your wild-eyed dreams I'm here and I'm not leaving No reason to be grieving Act as if you love me I'm sick of all your schemes I'm here, I am your POTUS Start acting like a floatus Screw. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.